everybody and welcome. It's Monday morning on the West Coast at 8 a.m. Uh, I continue to regret my life choices uh, <laughs> scheduling this at this time. This is the Community Unlocked podcast. I am Jamie Langscove, your host and my co-host here is Laura Holmes. And we are ready to get rolling today with a really uh, interesting topic for both of us as freelancers slash consultants. Uh, so we'll be talking about freelancing today. Our guest is somebody that I have met recently and uh, has been doing a lot of really great work for freelancers in this really difficult economic time. So very excited to bring him on in a little bit. But as always, before we jump into that, Laura, how are you? How was your weekend? I am well, thanks. I'm a little frazzled probably because, you know, as you mentioned, it's 8 a.m. for us. <laughs> and I've got two kiddos and we slept in. And so it was a scramble. I'm not going to lie. It was a little touch and go there for a moment to get the kiddos <laughs> off to school. Myself looking not fully disheveled. Um so I, if I'm like a little, ah, that's the backstory, <laughs> but, but, but otherwise I'm doing well. We had a nice weekend, a slightly more social weekend than we normally have. And that we saw like a couple of different families and did quite a few different things. Oh, we went and saw the Eras tour movie. Oh, uh, it was so much fun. We were all dancing. It was great. So I had a great weekend. What about you? How are you? How are you doing? That's great. Yeah. Uh, I had a I had a good weekend in the sense that it was productive, but uh, we did my, so for those who don't know, my older kids are in Scouts and they had their Weeblos weekend, Weeblow Woods weekend, which is where they bring all of the kids that are about to age into the older Scouts program from the Cub Scouts program. Okay. And uh, they pretty much get to go on this cool little tour of each of the local troops to figure out, like, which troop do I want to move into? Hmm. And each of the troops has an activity that they lead and, you know, just trying to help them get familiar with the vibe and the, the girls or the boys in the troops. And so it should be a really fun sort of engaging, relaxing weekend, as opposed to ones where they're really focused on like skill building and stuff like that. Sure. Um, our troop has only been around for about four years now. And that sounds like a long time, but in the grand scheme of scouts, that's, a, it's a baby troop. Um, Got it. Okay. Uh, and so they're still kind of working through all of their processes and their, you know, how they plan for things and all of that. So I think that's something anybody listening to this can relate to. Like when you come into oh, yeah. a new organization that doesn't have structure, it doesn't have um, a culture that aligns with the certain processes that you need to get done. There's what we like to call growing pains in <laughs> in this world. It's probably putting it a little mildly too, based on, you know. It is yep. mm -hmm. And then you throw in all of the hormones and nonsense that comes with teenage <sighs> girls. And it is so fun. So fun. <laughs> the best. Now, I didn't even go. My husband is a, a senior, like, adult leader in the troop. And okay. so he... Uh, 
he goes and he does his best, but he's very like accommodating for people uh-huh. <laughs> to the point that he's like, why am I doing this again? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm putting in all this effort and energy. And so, I mean, that I feel for him. And I, I use a lot of my community language when I talk to the girls who are both leaders in the troop. Oh, okay. And I'm like, you know, you got to utilize the tools that you have at your disposal. You don't have authority over these kids. You can't just expect them to respond to you like they would to a parent. Mm-hmm. And that goes for the the adult leaders too, right? These aren't their kids necessarily. Yeah. And so I think that resonates a lot with me as a community builder because it's like, how do I convince these people that have no authority over to take a certain behavior or, you know, in their case, it's like, okay, you're assigned to dish duty. That means you have to go do the dishes like now, or we can't go do campfire and the other fun stuff. Sure. And helping them navigate that has been educational for all of us, I think. I can only imagine, right? Especially if it's, um, not only a new skill set, but within a relatively new environment still, and everyone's trying to figure that out, that yeah. would be challenging. Yeah. yeah. How did, what did your girls think? Like, did, how did they feel? I mean, it sounds like your husband was like, I need a nap kind of a thing afterwards, yeah. but yeah, how sure. did they feel afterwards? Um, they, they're a bit like me and my husband where they're like, I don't understand why this isn't working. Like this, <laughs> we all know these are the things we have to get done. I don't get it. Why why are they not doing the things they're supposed to be doing? And I'm like, well, let's think about that, you know? Let's dig mm-hmm. into their minds a little bit. Where are they coming from? What are they used to? How are they used to working? And if they're coming out of a only child home, if they're coming out of a very privileged home or a, a home where their parents do all the things for them mm-hmm. that's a whole new expectation on them that they're not used to and that's going to take more time and more conscious effort on the part of the leadership to say this is how we do things or oh, sure. you know in the case of again teenage girls they they can be not very nice to each other sometimes and Gosh. like we don't do that here it's my favorite community manager phrase we don't do that here yeah, and that's a good one. Yeah, so it's it's been a struggle. That was my long answer to say I stayed home oh. and cleaned the house. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love a good long answer with lots of good detail and context, and you know, real world kind of situations that you're going to find yourself in. You know, like you mentioned, the different environments these other people are coming from. Not to mention their natural wiring. You know, like just how they yep. operate independently of their environment. Um, and so, yeah, it's a lot to learn uh as a as a young person for sure i mean i think adults are still very much figuring that out if they're taking the time and interest to even care to figure it out but especially as a young person yeah yeah well well i mean and you you probably see this anytime that you're working with a leader who's struggling right yeah and in many <laughs> cases they're in that situation especially if they're like cross functional management or something like that Mm -hmm. I mean, what do you tell them? Where do they start when they are struggling to get people to do the things that they're supposed to be doing? I think it's almost just like you have to remind people. I think especially as leaders, oftentimes people can get a little tunnel visioned and think, well, you know, I'm the leader 
I'm asking for X, like, why is that not just happening? And they're forgetting all of the kind of social and social emotional aspects around it, just like the things you were talking about with your daughters. Like, well, why do you think the team isn't responding to this? Right? You know, have you accounted for the fact that people learn differently, people receive messages differently? This person is maybe just very stressed out outside of work and isn't as engaged as you think they are. And, and maybe what you're perceiving as their dismissal of this is actually something deeper and bigger. And it's kind of just this reminder of like pulling people out of themselves a little bit. And when you start asking questions, a lot of times people come to that realization on their own, but you have to help get them there. And remember that like everyone is a human, everyone is coming at this very differently. And your one size fits all might work for some because they're like, yeah, sure. Okay. You know, I can check that box. But even if they, the ones that are doing it, are they like pissed off while they're doing it? You know, are they like secretly yeah, see, grudgingly see, doing it? Seething and like planning, you know, their exit. So I mean, I think there's just like a great awareness. Leaders, but really all people who are part of a team, who are part of a community, really have to adopt to make any sort of cohesive um, environment, not where there's not conflict or pushback. That's all very healthy, but one where there's true awareness of the fact that we're all coming at this seemingly singular thing very differently. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think you you nailed a really important point there that uh, you know working towards common goals is really really important and reemphasizing like remember we are all trying to achieve the same thing and right. like in the case of our scouts it's like okay we all want to eat tonight so <laughs> to make that happen we need to figure out. Right. What are we making? What are the ingredients we need? Who's cooking? Like, when do we need to start? Because when you go to these campouts, there is generally not a super tight schedule, but they do have like, okay, we have 10 troops here. We have to somehow coordinate all of them. So we're going to have mm -hmm. a, a dinner period from like five to seven. And then after that, everybody goes to campfire together. And if you're not done by seven, like we're starting without you, right? Yeah, like, like you either yeah. don't eat or you miss campfire. Like neither one right. of those are good outcomes. So how do we get aligned on that? So right. it's been really interesting to kind of watch all of this play out over the last year mm -hmm. where we've been in, involved in this troop and um, to see actually the parents really struggle to communicate yeah. with each other and and organize things so that has been a bit wild but um to your point the thing that that people need to start with is asking questions like how can i make this work for you or is there something that i'm not aware of that that is creating a barrier for you or what what can we do to make it so that we are all again rowing in the same direction exactly um, i think people operate from oh sorry no, go ahead. You off. I was going to say, I think people operate from assumption a lot of the time because you assume based on how I operate or my expectations, yes. people are going to operate in the same or similar way. So you're, you're coming at it just assuming. And I think questions get us out of that pattern, even if they're internal questions to ourselves, like why might this person have just, you know, decided I'm not going to do the dishes. I'm going to go do something else. Like, even though we talked about them doing the dishes or why did this person just blow me off during this meeting, right? Instead of being initially angry or upset, I think asking questions and trying to get at the root of 
what might have led to that behavior instead can be really freeing, you know, for you as an individual, not to like just immediately get enraged, right? But yeah. to then actually come back to that individual and do something meaningful instead of oftentimes what I think can be either punitive or, you know, defensive and for the other yeah. person. And so. especially if there's like a power dynamic difference, right? Oh, like yeah. You are supervising that person. If you come at them with, uh, like you said, a punitive approach mm-hmm. where you're like, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. That's a very different uh, conversation and probably a very different outcome than if you go to them and say, hey, seems like maybe you're struggling a little bit. Like, what can we do? Is there something that I can do to help? Or is there a roadblock you're running into? Like, what can I do as your manager to help you clear and be successful? Right. I want you to to be successful. How do we do that? Exactly. Right. Like what's the disconnect? I thought we had this convert, you know, I walked away from the conversation thinking you were going to be doing dishes. When I came back, you weren't doing dishes. So what happened? Like, where did the communication break down? Was there something I said that wasn't clear? You know, and and just like the questions you were asking about how can we do this differently? You just get a completely different reaction. It's like, I like to talk to, you know, in the past, my teams or clients about, you can say, the same thing, but how you say it will yield completely different reactions, right? Like the content of your message could be the same, right? You didn't do the dishes, but how you say it and the tone with which you say it is going to get a completely different reaction from the other party. And that's critical on like how y'all move forward. So yeah, people dynamics are fascinating. I love (laughs) interpersonal relationships and uh, and, and people, I think just, anyway, I love this kind of stuff. So I appreciate yeah, your conversation took us here. <laughs> as, as frustrating as it's been at times, watching this whole thing play out and really digging into, I mean, and these, especially the parents, I'm like, y'all are professional, successful people, but you can't manage to plan a meal plan together. <laughs> yeah. How are you showing these kids how to do it? If we can't figure out how to do it ourselves, this is ridiculous. Well, exactly. And then imagine how that does trickle into their professional lives, right? And that's why you see professional environments that are toxic, that are disengaged, that are, you know, just not productive or collaborative. And it's, anyway, I love that you brought up this example (laughs) with Scouts and we've turned it into this whole conversation. It was great. So true well, for me too. It's <laughs> obviously heavy on my mind. Uh, and yeah, uh, speaking of the collapse of the corporate empire, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make a, a transition here into Ooh. introducing our guest. Um, we've spoken quite a bit on this show about layoffs in the tech industry, and we've seen the impact. Especially, I've seen it immensely on the community manager side, but across the board. Tech is shedding people, and we're seeing a lot more people transition into a freelancer or consultant type work um, path. And so I am super excited to invite Phil Sipowicz, who is the founder of Teamworker. He has founded businesses, built teams, and scaled companies from startup through acquisition. And today he is running an online community called Teamworker that is focused on increasing global entrepreneurship by helping freelancers and solopreneurs and micro agency builders get started and be successful in the long run. And Phil, I know there's more 
to the things that you're doing, I would love for you to give us kind of a, a rundown of what is Teamworker? Why did you decide to to start there? And uh, we'll go from there. Well, thanks, thanks, Jamie, and thanks, Laura, uh, for having me today. I, I was uh, listening and telling your conversation there about uh, you know communication and why you can say one thing and you know comes out another way, or it uh, 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 the, the goal is not achieved somehow, right? So, uh, uh, so I think I've heard your question correctly. I'll try to give it back to you here. Uh, I found a Teamworker after. Um, spending a lot of time helping companies growing my own business I, I ended up exiting that through an acquisition i sold that company and i um was helping people on an individual basis to try and uh, grow their businesses and um what i got really fascinated with about a year and a half or so ago or two years ago now uh, was this whole movement toward um i'll call it independent work you know you call it solopreneurship micro agency building freelancing whatever it may be um, but the the end of the day, people were looking for something that's satisfying both personally and professionally, right? And um, yeah, we see it happen uh, a lot uh, out of necessity, as you mentioned, the tech space currently shutting jobs, but also maybe just sort of, uh, and also back to the pandemic, you know, we're thinking about people working from home and going, oh, wow, I, you know, how does this go into to work in the long run? And I think we're still sort of sorting a lot of that out and people are uh, are making their way through it. And I, I thought to myself, well, geez, what do I, what do I know? How can I help these people? Um, and so my expertise really comes out in how do you get started in doing something, you know, kind of getting off the mark, um, and then uh, figuring a way to make that sustainable and repeatable is the next thing, right? So you could get, let's say you're a freelancer and you get a certain, or you get a, you get a, a, an account. Well, what does that mean? What does it mean after the week or month or six months that you do work for them? Um, you know, do you want to start back at sort of zero again and have to find another account or how do you do all this? Right. So, um, it's been a really fascinating ride, uh, in terms of developing a community. Um, I mean, you guys are really good at that. Um, and I've had to learn and, and sort of, you know, try to find light switch in the dark sometimes in terms of building community. Um, but I think we're, we're doing a pretty good job of that. And, um, you know, the whole idea is to just give people a space to come into that they feel secure in, uh, and they can talk about stuff that's just sometimes really baffling. Right? How do I get started? How do I do this? What about a contract? Do I need an accountant? How do I file taxes? Um, you know, all these things that you know, as a, an experienced business person, I'm like, well, it seems pretty simple, right? Well, it's really not. It's really not at all. Um, and I look back on my career, and I was like, well, you had all these great advisors and people that helped you. That's why it was so simple, right? It wasn't, it wasn't, like, it wasn't like, oh wow, this is really simple. It was like people said, go over there and do this, or you know, in some ways they're prescriptive, or they said, hey, talk to this person, they might be able to help you. Right. And, and make her deductions, things like that. So that's a long winded way of, of coming around to the fascinating point you guys were raising, which was how do you uh, uh, yeah, how do you tie this in with, um, you know, what where, where the next steps are for people? Right. You talk about kids in, in scouting and um, or maybe you're doing coaching, consulting and businesses and think about where, where does all of this go? And I think that the um, you know two things in my on my mind, I, I spent a lot of my time outside of teamwork. I spent a lot of my time. Um, and you'll see the connection to the name here. I coach teams, actually, and not necessarily business teams, but actually athletic teams. So I've coached everything from peewee football all the way up to, I'll stay in the football zone. I've coached all the way up to uh, high school football. So um, talk about trying to get a group of people to move in a direction toward a common goal. <laughs> Right. We're talking about, you Literally. know, normally, yeah, yeah, we're trying to win the game on Friday night or Saturday afternoon, guys. That's what we're trying to do here. But we make sure someone brings the bag of balls with us to the game because without the football, we're going to have a hard time doing anything, right? So, or how about water? Water would be a great thing to bring with us so we're not peeling over on the sideline. That's one way to lose the game, right? So, um, you know, every sort of everything kind of stacks up. And Laura, to your point, you know, stacking up 
um, you know, how did you say that? You know, did you get achieve this? I can, I can, there's no way I can go to an 18 year old young man and yell at him and tell him to go over there and do that. Cause he's going to look at me and say, I, no, <laughs> or, or even, or even look at me, he'll just walk away. Right. So, mm-hmm. so that's the difference when I grew up, that's what, you know, coaching was that in some ways, you know, athletic coaching was, Hey, you run over there and do that. He said, Oh, okay. So that was more of, out of fear, right. Than it was out of respect or a desire to hit a common goal maybe. But, uh, but that's an interesting tie into what you guys are talking about. Hopefully that's a long way introduction to what we're doing at teamwork and helping people get started in their businesses. And um, I call them businesses because they are to me. A freelance, a freelancer is a business person. That's what they're doing. They're growing a business. So, absolutely. That was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead, thank Laura. you, Phil. So I was going to say thank you, Phil. That was great, and it's very nice mm-hmm. to meet you. You and I haven't had the chance to meet yet, so yeah, appreciate you being here and learning a bit more mm-hmm. about you. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So happy to do it. right now, Phil, your community primarily lives in Slack. Is that? Yes. Yes. Primarily as in, as in all together. Okay. Yes. <laughs> right. Just yeah. want to make sure. So, I mean, for good or for bad. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. I, I, have, I met Phil, uh, Carolyn Wick, uh, introduced me to the team worker community and that's how I met Phil. Um, and so I would love if you could, I, there were so many gems in there. there so so many I, good I had to start there. writing them down. <laughs> um, Sure. One thing that I would love for you to dig into a little bit, you mentioned that you're experimenting with different ways to help build this community. And I know that experimentation takes such a critical role in building a community and building a product and building a company because you just don't know what's going to resonate yet. Right. And you can take all of the existing research, but at the end of the day, there's so many factors, whether it's the current economic environment, it's the current skill needs in the marketplace, whatever, right? There's so many different factors that go into building successful communities, especially in a professional context. So my question is, as you are experimenting, what are some of the important rituals that you have found have actually resonated with that community so far? The things that they can expect that are consistent and regular? um, what, What are some of those things that you found have worked really well for that freelancer group? Yeah, I think that the word you use there, ritual, is an interesting one um, because, you know, that implies it's it's something that is done on a regular basis, at least in my mind. Uh, that, might, that might be the classic definition of it. But in my mind, the ritual is something we're doing in the same way at the same time, you know, in a time frame. So um, I do find that there's a lot of comfort in that after experimenting for about a year um, and doing things a little bit too ad hoc. What I found is to have a nice schedule in your community. So this is going to happen on this day at this time. Um, you know, and whether it's you always do your, if you guys do your live stream here at 8 a.m. in California time, and, and you know, you're probably examining why you picked that time, but that's okay, as you said earlier. But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it at that. Well, that maybe, week, every week, maybe you're a morning person, maybe you're not, but I would you know, play to your strengths, right? But, but I think the, uh, uh, you know, that sort of, um, you know, mentality of hey, uh, and this, and this goes back to. So a lot of stuff that you see, I think, be successful, whether in the business world or even with in raising children, right? I mean, we know that if, if you're constantly varying the times and the things that, that happen during those times, people get confused, right? And so, I, you know, um, not everybody loves the, you know, I wouldn't advise everybody have the 8 a.m. Monday morning meeting, you know, the sales meeting or whatever it is in your business. But in your community, I think it's helpful to say these things are going to be done at this time. Remember that, you know, we have about, we have 20 different time zones that we cover in our community right now. I'm not sure how why there are 24. Is there like a spot of the ocean where like two people live? And like I don't know how I should check that out. I have no idea. I see it all the time. Like, well, that's pretty cool. I know there's 24 time zones, right? But 
what, where, where, where are these other ones? I don't know. But we have, an, you know, it's, it's amazing. Sometimes we have, um, you know, live events and we'll see people attend from Nigeria and Cameroon and Australia and all these places. And I'm like, what time is it there? You know, oh, well, it's, it's midnight or whatever. Oh, wow, that's great. It's incredible. You're here for this. But um, having a, uh, as you said, the ritual or having the schedule that you adhere to is important. Um, what you're doing uh, during those times is important. I know, um, you know, even even communicating that, hey, there's been a change. I can say for this week, for example, in our community, we do not have a live event. And I, and that's because we're getting ready for some really good ones in November. We need more time to do that. And, um, you know, it's just helpful to let people know, don't be looking for that because somebody already messaged me and said, hey, what's the live event this week? I said, oh, did you see the announcement here? But they were looking for it. So that's, that's good to know. So I think being... Uh, loyal, if you will, to the ritual, making sure that, that people know when we're going to do stuff and what we're going to do. They get that expectation. That brings a great level of comfort then, right? And that's kind of what we're trying to develop here. If you ask me for my community in particular, I've been looking for a comfort level for people so they can be their authentic self in that community, showing up and 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 being able to, to ask questions that maybe you're not sure of. that's something I could ask and not look dumb, right? I've heard that before, right? I want to ask this question, but I think I'm going to look dumb. Like, well, I've asked it, <laughs> so like you know, I, maybe I'm dumb. I don't know, but let's be dumb together, right? So that's clearly not, you know, that's not where you want to be in your community. You want to say, hey, let's have a nice environment. So having that that sort of you know pattern that you can follow on an ongoing basis makes a lot of sense for people. They know when to tune in, what they're into. But also, that helps you to measure and manage, right? I mean, if you're running things and you know maybe you're not getting the reaction that you want to in your community, you say, well, I've been doing this for how long now? Um, uh, okay, that wasn't really working. Is that is that resonating with my community or not? You don't really know unless you do it for a little while, right? It's like anything else. I'd, I'd love to say that I was uh, the ritual of my exercise program was as good a ritual as it should be, but you know, right? Or my diet, right? I'm like, oh, I'm really consistent on the diet here, guys. I mean, you know, that would be great, um, especially this time of year when I'm enjoying everything pumpkin. But uh, anyway, we're coming into the danger zone time of year. Oh, we are. I'm squarely in it. My danger zone definitely starts in the fall, the fall and moves into that that sort of uh, holiday time. But um, yeah, so I think the uh, you know having that sort of pattern of of uh, of, of ritual and, and standards. Um, allows you to measure and manage better, right? We, we understand that. Yeah. How many people tuned in for what, when, okay, um, you know, when do I send that announcement so people, the most people tune in and see it? Should I be, uh, you know, sending it via DM or is everybody going to get crazy about that? Oh, you're, you're, you're DM bombing me. I don't want to hear well, you. the at, at channel at everybody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, I want to add everyone because, you know, I want everybody to see it, but then you're like, well, I clogging everybody's stream here, you know? And with, with the tools we have today to build communities, like there's a lot of new ones in the marketplace, but, um, you know, Slack being a big one, um, you know, it's hard to, it's it's hard to use. It wasn't intended to do what I want to do with it, right? Yeah. I mean, necessarily. It's, it's not purpose-built. It's just not purpose-built for it. So we have to work around it. Yeah. yeah. Laura, I think you were going to ask a question or comment on something. Yeah, I was. Um, you know, again, I just, I'm really enjoying listening to you, Phil. And what I kind of hear is the undertone there is you're building trust by having rituals and standards and ways of communicating, even when you deviate, you're building a community that trusts you. And I think, you know, you mentioned being able for folks to be their authentic and true self and ask the dumb question that's maybe not so dumb, but they're, you know, feeling anxious to ask. But they're doing that because you've created an environment where there is a foundation of trust. Even if you're not calling it that or even if you're not explicitly talking about it, they're like, oh, I know I can count on a live stream, but I know that there's not going to be one. Phil's going to say something like there's there's a, a subtle um, 
operation of trust kind of building that I think is so key to any community, any team, any work environment that without it, you know, that's when I think you see things start to collapse or people to pull back and disengage. So that's, as you were talking, that's kind of what I felt was, was underpinning a lot of, of what you were saying. Does that resonate or do you feel like that makes sense in your space? Oh, for sure. I think the um, the ability to build trust. I mean, there's, there's a lot of ways to try to do it. I think the, the most common way would be that you know conferred trust. If, if Laura tells Jamie that Bill's good, then okay, yep, you know she's probably right. It's conferred trust, right? Um, it's very hard to do that at scale, mm-hmm. right? I mean, how do you do that at scale? And so, um, you know, even even some communities that have grown, you know, larger, I'll say, sort of ten thousand plus members in communities. Um, they have found ways, I think, to to at least parse it out a little bit and keep the the trust factor very high, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some of that also is in how you, I think, how you run it. Um, you, you mentioned earlier, Jamie, go back to the, the scouts. Um, you know, hey, I'm not quite sure why you're not washing the dishes right now. <laughs> I'm not quite sure why you're posting that again because you know we went through this sort of terms of what our yeah that's great for another community maybe but not for ours right or whatever it may be. Um, or let's take, I always like to take the flip side uh, and say, that was an amazing post you had or amazing, you know, DM you sent me. Could we share that with the group? Right. That's another thing. Right. So how do we get that trust to grow? And um, yeah, I think that's, you know, at teamwork, it's, it, it's still a work in progress. I think it will be for a long time. I mean, I, yeah. it will never end. It will never end. You can, well, circumstances will change too, right? The world's going to change around us. Yeah, right. Absolutely. So we'll have to, yeah, keep, keep moving forward and, um, you know, trying to, to really hear, that's another hard thing about um, sort of nonverbal communication. You know, we get a lot of this sort of, you know, I'm getting a DM or I'm getting a message somewhere. Um, it's very hard to tease out the the actual feelings behind the words, right? Absolutely. You have an interesting yeah. uh, challenge, yeah. and I've seen this also in the Community Consultants Collective, where you have all of these people who have essentially competing businesses that you're trying to build trust amongst. And that is an even bigger challenge than say uh, a vendor community or a community within a company or something to that extent, right? These people are directly competing with each other for work. And so helping them to overcome potential distrust amongst themselves, in addition to trying to build trust with you is that community challenge twice over, right? So I mean, mm. are there are there things that uh, that you've found help with that so far? I know you're early and you're experimenting, and mm. and I've done some of that work on on the founder community side where we run into the same issues as well. But what are you seeing that is actually getting people to open up a little bit more or participate more regularly or things like that? Mm. Well, I think the first thing that that I look for is any sort of common ground. Right. I mean, I think that we all are, you may be competitive and I spent years running my own business and, and there were definitely competitors in the marketplace, but, um, I learned over time that, um, it's better to be, I'll call it sort of cooperatively competitive, than, you know, than to go in there and just be like, I will never, never talk to my competitor. I mean, I had good relations in my old business with the CEOs of my, on my competition. Um, and so you're facing common challenges. I think there's, it, the, the great thing about the freelance or independent uh, space is that it's a massive market, right? I mean, we're not like we're running out of work to do. It's a matter of fact, can you find the right work for you, uh, fitting with either, either you know, could be 
rate schedule or you know your availability personally or just the projects you want to work on right and so the nice part is that we're not trying to say oh gosh there's a um and this goes back to sort of this mindset right is it is there a, a mindset of abundance right can we develop that mindset of yes. abundance um and if you do and your community members do then i think you've got a great chance to to really connect them right and and if we have this sort of mindset of, of scarcity then that's an uphill battle now, some of it is as you and, and this is probably easier for me as I build my community than others, um, because in some cases, if you're trying to develop a community, let's say inside of a company, um, you know, you want everyone to be involved. Right. So you're going to have people from across that spectrum. I can actually I actually do some work, of course, and talking to people before they, they enter the community. And I kind of try to tease that out a little bit. You know, so we're always trying to put people in that mindset of abundance. And I will classify that as well or, or categorize it by um, what they what they say to me, which is. Um, we'd rather collaborate than um, than be competitive. So it's collaboration over competition in our community all the time. And when I heard that, that's not me saying that. That's our community members. And so you know, when I hear that, that that reflects back that hey, it's it's an abundant environment here. So then it becomes incumbent upon me to kind of continue to increase that abundance. Right? Can I find job opportunities for you? Can I bring good content to you? Right? Um, no one, no one cares if I'm on a Zoom call with my competition. If we're listening to someone who's advising us how to to grow better, faster, stronger, however it may be, right? So, uh, yeah, I think that's that's really one of the key things I learned that um, you know kind of early on. Luckily, um, yeah, so that abundance frustrate. mindset is huge. That's yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'm writing that down. Like, oh, this needs a blog post. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks. I should get on that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, I love that. And I yeah. think that is really critical because, uh, you know, one of the things I love about being in the team worker community is that there are other people whose skills supplement mine. Right. And so just recently I was able to pass off a client to somebody else in the community who needed skills outside of my specialization. And that was the same positive uh, interaction that I've had with the, the community consultants collected as well, where it's like, okay, this client came to me for whatever reason they found me first, but this really, either I don't have time or this doesn't really fit into my ideal customer persona. So who else do I know in this community who could serve them? Because then I still feel good, even if I'm not taking the client. And now I've done a favor to a fellow consultant who might be looking out for me in the future, right? So I think that having that abundance mindset and recognizing that it's not a zero sum game for everybody really is beneficial. And I mean, it's one of the things that I brought into chaotic good, which was how do I bring together all of these amazing women who have been laid off or they have left their roles for whatever reason, they're looking to do more freelance and consulting work. And our skills are not exactly the same because we're not the same person and we have very supplemental skills to each other. So let's, Let's turn that into a value prop, right? Let's let's say we can help you end to end from content creation to community building to implementation and professional services to product design. You know, we can bring all of this together in one agency and you tell us what you need and we will bring in the right person at the right time, right? And that's a whole different approach than I see a lot of community consultants in particular taking, which is very like, this is my scope, you know, it's this little tiny bit and anything outside of that, you're going to have to find somebody else. 
And it's like, yeah, okay, I think, well. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point you make because when I first started getting interested in this, and even in my um, prior life, um, not running my own company, there was a lot of discussion about niching down. Right. Everybody's like, oh, you got to niche down, you got to niche down, you got to niche down. And I think that makes sense when you're a very early stage, you know, independent freelancer, solopreneur. Um, I, I don't know when, if that continues to make sense as you mature that business, um, because and invariably you're going to be asked, you know, by your, your best client to do something that's probably not in your comfort zone, right? Yeah. Or not right in a strike zone for you, if you will, the sports analogy. So, um, yeah, I think there's there's a great question there. As this market matures, and I'm, I'm referring to sort of the freelance space in general, yeah. as this market matures, my hope and, and what we're trying to build at free at, at Teamworker and and in and you know, um, you know, here I'm, I'm I'm disclosing some stuff that we're working on even in sort of in conjunction with that, which is an app that we're trying to build for that community. Um, is you know, is there a way that we can get some efficiency built into what you just said, right? The name teamwork. Well, how do we how do we work as a team here? Can I build a virtual team over here, you know, that I can call upon that if I need that help or that I can refer people to and know that they're going to get really good help from, right? So, um, you know, I think that's also, that's a big barrier as well. I have this great client. They ask me about something and, and it's maybe it's easier for me to say, well, geez, I don't know that rather than introduce someone that might I'm not sure they're going to do a great job for you, right? So then, oh, do I get kind of caught up in that storm too? Yeah. So a lot of people are sort of like, you know, the niche down thing, first of all, I think it makes sense, like I, like I said early on, you want to get really good at something and known for something, right? Um, because it's a very noisy environment. Beyond that, though, then I think you do need to think about how you expand your skill set, um, not just, you know, deeper, but wider as well, because you're going to have to kind of answer questions that are left or right or center in there. And, and, and that, I think, is lost a little bit on the, on the freelance space right now. You need to hear that sort of niche down uh, commentary. And, and, and again, I get it. It's probably, I want to say it's early stage in that community right now in terms of, of what's going on. But it's, it's, you know, there's been a few years now of people really getting into it, right? And we have some massive companies out there with the Upworks and the Fivers and those folks that are doing all that sort of, you know, uh, marketplace building, um, or they've already built them. But um, yeah, I think it'd be very interesting to see how that, how that goes. My theory and my hope is that um, if you think about it, you can build a business of almost any size if you can just add the resources as needed. And look yeah. what we're doing right now. Look what we're doing right now. It's incredible, right? We can do this stream. We can have this this uh, broadcast to the planet. Um, and, and you know, we're literally thousands of miles apart, right? So just to think of that tools that we have to pull that off that are there that just weren't there 10 years ago. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, you raised, uh, you brought up Upwork and uh, Fiverr. And so I think what's really interesting about what you're trying to build, you know, you mentioned the app. I see you doing a lot of sort of unofficial user research, if you will, uh, throughout the week, you know, week over week, mm -hmm. you're asking questions, you are digging in more into what the needs of the freelancers are. So talk to us a little bit about how uh, Teamworker and the app that you're building differentiate from those other marketplaces in terms of like who the product is and and all of those things. Sure. Yeah. The um the key difference between what we're building, at least what I think the key difference is what we're building and, and all the others is that we really work for the freelancer ultimately. Um, if you look at a Fiverr and Upwork, you know who do they really work for? They work for the person hiring the freelancer, right? The employer or the client. Uh, for the most part, that's where they really make their money. So, um, and that's fine. That's great. But you can imagine then that that will create some uh, interesting friction in that marketplace if you're looking for the job, right? So some crazy stories that I've heard over the years that just boggle my mind about businesses like that. One is um, 
just submitting upwards of 19 different um, proposals, if you will, and never hearing anything back. I mean, that's just like one of the most rude things I could ever think of. And how, how defeating is that, right? I mean, maybe I'm a content writer or I'm a logo designer, whatever it may be. And I'm submitting these proposals all the time. I'm not even hearing a no, right? That's really defeating. So, um, you know, number one, it, 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 and that makes sense though in an environment where, you know, the people that are really paying are the ones that are, are doing the hiring, right? And so, well, they may be, they don't even, they're not even aware necessarily that that's what's happening, but they're just trying to hire somebody, right? So number one is, you know, do we have a way to, to do a better way of setting it up so that the freelancer can be successful? And I think part of what I learned in running the community so far is that, um, you know, they need some tools. They need some basic tools that are just not, not even there, uh, yeah. you know, from a, from a perspective of, of, of an upwork or a fiber. So I think it's a very basic CRM-oriented tools, you know? Um, how do we, uh, make sure that I stay in touch with my customers? You know, they know that I'm yet, or my, my clients, I just finished some work for a month or so ago. I don't want them to forget about me and have to go back and just rebid a job, right? And that's really what Upwork and Fiverr create is this bidding process. Well, you'll never win that, right? Who can win that? As well as probably going to be somebody a little bit cheaper or whatever, it is going to get the attention of someone that the, the real, uh, benefit of, of, uh, I think the real, the real key to, to develop is a solid long-term um, company is in that sort of relationship building that you have with it, with accounts that continue to value your business, right? Your service. So, you know, how do you make sure you stay in touch? And it's been an age old question for businesses as they grow. I think it's just as important for the freelance community as it is for somebody trying to build a more traditional business. You know, just because you're a solopreneur doesn't mean you're not going to have to stay in touch with your customers. How do you do that when you're also doing the work? Yeah. Right? I mean, these are some, yeah. I mean, there's, there's like 24 so hours in a day. so much time that I spend on managing the business end of the business, right? On on my digital presence, on the CRM side, the billing, like all the things. And yes, the tools exist, but they require me to be in so many different places and keep all the things in my brain. So that's very exciting to me that you're thinking about that. Um, I want to pass the mic over to Laura because I think I, I see you over there scribbling notes. So I wanted to oh. give you a chance to to jump in. <laughs> no, I've honestly just been like actively listening. So I don't have a, a an active question here teed up. But I think if I were to try and articulate some of the things I was thinking um, as I was listening is you were talking about like the uh, community of abundance, right? Jamie, you shared the example of passing off a contract and y'all are talking about tools and just sharing knowledge and a lot of time spent on relationship building and to me, you know, an analogy um, I've used, maybe it's a metaphor. I don't know. Anyway, it's like, it's like you're, it's like you're, you're planting a bunch of different seeds, right? You're having the conversation with the person, you're um, passing off a work, you know, work to someone that maybe you don't know well, but you know, is going to do a job, good job. Like you're planting a bunch of seeds and you don't necessarily know what's going to grow or if anything, but you're like creating a garden and it's going to come back to you, right? That abundance, that mm -hmm. harvest mm -hmm. is going to come back to you. And in a way that I don't think is clear. And I think it's just getting comfortable with, I don't know, not seeing the full picture immediately and just knowing mm -hmm. that all these tiny little efforts yield some sort of return. So it, it, again, not really a question. Mm -hmm. I was just, I've been listening a lot. I know I haven't necessarily jumped in in a little while, but a lot of this speaks to that. Like these little actions that don't have an immediate output and you're not expecting one, but it doesn't mean that it's not going to come back mm -hmm. in a different well, way. Laura, let me pose a question to you then. Sure. So community building is 
uh, very much in many ways like managing a very large team, right? Mm -hmm. You are trying to get everybody, as we talked about, moving in the same direction, (laughs) et cetera, et cetera. Now, Phil, you mentioned psychological safety and being feeling okay to uh, ask dumb questions. Um, so Laura, as a coach, you know, if you're coaching a, a manager who has taken over a very large team or who is trying to build up a team, how do you advise them or how do you think about building that culture of psychological safety? And what are the important rituals for them to practice in order to establish that as the norm within their organization? Yeah, I I love that question. And it's something I really get excited to talk about. And I I draw really from my experience of leading large teams in tech, building teams. And I know I I often respond to this, but I ask a lot of questions, right? And I think the first one I would ask a leader is, how are you showing up for your team? Again, I think there's an expectation sometimes that your team shows up for you. But how are you showing up for your team, recognizing you're kind of at the apex of that group, that little micro organization within your bigger organization? How are you showing up? Are you rescheduling one-on-ones all the time? Are you canceling them right before? Are you blowing off the large team meeting because this priority seemed, you know, a bigger deal and house on fire over here? Like if your team... That's one example. But if your team sees you not actively participating in the things you're asking them to participate in, if you're not saying your time is valuable by making a one-on-one with someone the most important priority, that says a lot without saying what you, you know, aren't probably trying to say. It says, I don't value you. So I think there is a question that all leaders have to ask is, how are you showing up for your team beyond the project, beyond the spreadsheet? Are you showing them through actions and access in a way that you are valuing them? And I think it has to start there. It goes to what Phil was talking about, right? About having habits like having live events. Now, if Phil plans a live event every week, but cancels it every other week or doesn't show up himself, what does that say to the community about how he values their time, right? Right. Exactly. I think it's so important. And I've been on the other end of that. I mean, earlier in my career, I had a leader who just would cancel our one-on-one without even so much as a note or a set. Like I would just drop off my calendar and it was just gone. And I know how that made me feel. I felt terrible. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, does my boss not think I have anything worthwhile to say? Does it, it like, like, why? And you're left with so many questions. And and that's how I felt. And so I think having had that experience, it really doubled down on how valuable I think time with people is. And I think the other thing too, is we're in such a transactional world that leaders, I think, often forget to be a human first and not just jump right into, okay, where's the status of this project or this client is blown up? What's going on? What are you doing to mitigate? Is it, blah, 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 blah. Like we're task oriented. And I know it's not everyone's cup of tea and small talk can feel like the biggest drag. But to Phil's point about like finding common ground, I had, again, a boss that I was like, I don't know what his perception of me is, but I know he likes Game of Thrones. We're going to spend a couple minutes talking about Game of Thrones at the top of every call. And guess what? Like we developed a really good relationship, like something that felt very awkward and rigid and just like, you know, there was a tendency to want to jump right in. We found something. I found something and it made all the difference. And then 
we consistently were having our one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. We were getting to know each other. I felt like he actually cared about me. He learned my kids' names. You know, it. you, you got to make the time for that. You have to see investing time in getting to know someone just as important as the output of whatever project you're asking them to work on. So I, I think I've deviated a bit from your question, but I would again go back to how are you showing up? And I think all the things I've just kind of rambled about to me are all indicative of how as a leader you show up. And just that's step one. You have to show up and you have to show up in a meaningful way. And then everything else, the culture, the engagement, it follows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would just tag on to that, Laura, um, in my experience. Um, and I just and I just finished um, listening to a book. It's, oh, it's weird to say. Um, but uh, <laughs> I do a lot of, uh, yeah, I say read a book, but I, I've been doing a lot of um, audiobook uh, uh, stuff recently. It still totally yeah. counts, Phil. Don't. Yeah, don't thank you. Well, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not proud. I mean, I, I would never be like, oh, I, I read the book. I don't need to see the movie. No. It still totally counts. Okay? I have not had time to sit down and actually read a physical book in many years but mm-hmm. audible is a lifesaver so carry yeah. on oh yeah it, <laughs> yes. it's incredible and especially when you can kind of go if you can work your way up and i had to do this like you know i didn't you don't have to do it but i was like i can listen to this at 1.2 x and 1.3 x <laughs> and now it's really moving well and, and it depends on the pace of the speaker too um but i will say i just finished reading a book called Nonviolent communication hmm. and if you have never read this book I would put it on the books to read. I mean, if you're whatever you're doing, whether it, it can apply to personal relationships, professional relationships, community building, it doesn't it doesn't really matter what you're into. Um, I mean, cub leadership, cub, you know, cub scout leadership, whatever it may be, scout leadership, um, uh, football coaching, anything. Because the uh, I'm, I'm blanking the gentleman's name. Uh, he is a, a, a very well known. Uh, he wrote this. He developed this whole framework around how do we communicate in a way, not just with others, but with yourself. I'm going to say nonviolent, like it's like we're all sort of like in this mode of either guilt, shame, embarrassment, blah, blah, blah. We talk about asking a dumb question, right? And well, there's no dumb question. Well, that's easy to say. That's rhetoric, right? But the real, real answer is how do we make sure that that, as you said, Laura, showing up each day in your community as a manager, whatever it is, to make sure that people feel that. Um, and so you know, I recommend this book. It's fantastic. I, I won't give away the, the plot of it, but um, that's one of the aspects, you know, it's just how do we think about where people, Laura, to your point, where people, everything is, there's something alive in people, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the author's sort of thesis. Something's alive in them, whether it be, you know, in the moment or long-term. And that's why they're behaving the way they are. So when you're doing it, I mean, I, I spent a lot of time in sales in my life. And, you know, one of the biggest things I was taught was, you know what, what we're doing here is adding a lot of value in sales. We're adding a ton of value because we're just, we're not just explaining the product, we're just connecting to how it's going to help this person. Right. Um, and, and it is the person. And maybe we're going to help them get out of work on time so they can go to the kids' little league game. And that's a paramount thing for some people. Right. And so that, okay, it has nothing to do with business, does well, it really actually does. Right. There's no such thing as a business. There's people in the business. And that's it. Um, same thing with community. I can say I have a community, but if it's a community of one, it's not very helpful. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so anyway, that's uh, that's the nonviolent communication. I definitely recommend that book. It's great. Oh, thank you. I'm definitely going to check that out. Okay, I'm going to share. There's a link in. Oh, wow. That turned into two whole comments. All right. I will share it separately after <laughs> the, the the show here. But uh, Marshall Rosenberg looks like the author. Yes, yes, Marshall. Yes. And uh, <laughs> yeah, check it out. I'll go read it. Maybe we'll have a little book book club follow up later. 
I'd love to do that. Oh, I'd love to do that. That's a great book. Yeah, yeah, it's a great one for sure. If you're gonna, if you have book club, that would be a good one for it. Uh, you, pra- good, you can practice good. in the book club. You can practice some of the techniques too. It'd be great. I love that. Well, I so appreciate you coming on, Phil. Give the folks you. here your spiel about how to you join bet. Teamworker. Sure. So you can go to uh, teamworker.com. That's T-E-A-M-W-R-K-R. A little cute teamworker.com slash join uh, and check out the community there. Um, we asked us a couple quick questions before you come in the community, as I mentioned earlier, so I can learn a little about you uh, and then, um, you know, get on in there and, and swim around. The water's fine, right? Um, check it out. And um, and we're on all the, we're on uh, mostly on LinkedIn uh, over there right now. Um, we're, we're tiptoeing around things like Twitter and all those uh, other socials that we might be involved with. I'm not a real TikTok guy. I'm not a dancer. So um, you won't catch me on TikTok very often. But uh, but anyway, check us out over there as well on LinkedIn. So that sounds I want to thank and- you guys so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, really appreciate you coming on. I'll say one of my favorite uh, rituals that you do in the Teamworker community is the the regular posting of job postings for or uh, uh, work listings, if you will, for freelancers. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. definitely, if y'all listening in are in the freelance or consulting world, or you're looking to get into it, or you want to do some side work, whatever, Join the community, introduce yourself, get familiar with who's there, and uh, hopefully that community can help you level up your practice as well. Um, Appreciate again, it, Jamie. Yes. Yeah. Tuesdays, so Tuesdays, the ritual. Tuesdays are when those work those uh, work opportunities get posted. Tuesdays. Yes, <laughs> so yes. you're just in time, and guys. I will tell you all, it is not just like regurgitation of what you're going to find on every other job board. Okay. So really valuable this is one of those really key rituals that makes this community uniquely valuable which is something that we all strive for so love it keep doing the good work we'll look forward to hearing about the app more someday in the near future you will you're on the list for some testing jamie i'll get back to you on that (laughs) yeah that sounds great that sounds great uh so we'll see you all same time same place next week 8 a.m have a great week everybody thank you thank you phil great meeting you thank you Same here, Laura. Bye now.